Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Jordan Powers Experience. Um, I'm doing the intro from uh, my new place. I've been moving in for the past 2-3 uh, days with my two best friends, my two homies. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited, but that means that uh, I've been busy and I can't be doing the intro from the studio. But luckily we got dope cameras on our uh, phones nowadays. So um, yeah, episode 5 is with uh, my man Dilly Bat. He's a musician and a music video producer and video producer out of uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, I had a really awesome time chatting with him and uh, hearing about all his ideas and his stories. Uh, we drank a bunch of vodka and just had a good time. So um, tune in for that. Uh, I'm just going to give you a quick word from my sponsors, starting with Open Cannabis. Um, Open Cannabis is a privately owned, family-run craft producer located in Kelowna, BC. In their facility, they are determined to produce the highest quality of bud in their state-of-the-art Roto Grows rotational gardening system, as well as premium full-spectrum CO2 extracted oil, all done in-house with their Apex extraction unit. All growing is done indoors using a hydroponic system to create a clean and controlled growing environment. Uh, Oakham has been producing clean, high-quality, high-THC cannabis for almost two years. The controlled conditions allow them to produce cannabis that is free of pesticides and mold without er irradiating. They recycle, water, employ organic practices, and are energy efficient. Um, keep an eye out for uh, their first two products that are coming to the market, Smoke'em and Discover. And uh, I've heard a rumor that they might be coming to BC soon. So um, make sure you hit the link in my bio or in the description and um, check them out. Um, our second sponsor is Garnish Barware. Uh, Garnish Barware engraves custom design barware tools behind some of Canada's busiest cocktail bars. Um, so whether or not you are an at-home cocktail maker or you work behind a professional bar, these tools are great. I haven't shown these in the intro yet, but there's all these dope custom design toolkits. You can buy the full kit at www.garnishware.com and uh, get some cool shit. This is Old Faithful. Been using this heavy recently. And yeah, so um, without wasting any more time, enjoy episode five, uh, my conversation with Dilly Bat. Yeah, let people know, you know, we're out here working. One day I'm in Vancouver, next day I'm back in Kelowna doing a damn <laughs> podcast. We hustle, this is what we do. Wow. This is the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle. Um, post, post, post. Okay, I think I am, uh, this is it right Ready here. Out. Hey, cheers. Three, two, one. Cheers. <laughs> Dilly Bat. Yo, my man, what's up? Chillin', bro. Chillin'. I'm uh, stoked to have you here. Me too, man. I'm actually excited to be here. You are a busy fucking dude, man. You are yeah. a busy dude. Very busy. Uh, yeah, just got back off, back from Vancouver um, a couple hours ago. Went home, had a shower, had a little pep talk with myself but in the mirror. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> then I came down here. Actually, my car didn't start. Yeah. My car, the battery was uh, dead because I left it on accessory. So then I had Buddy drive me down here. So <laughs> made it happen. We're, whatever it takes, you know? It happens. Well, uh, yeah. I owed you one because we were supposed to do this Thursday and there was a Dungeon and Dragons session going on in the office that I was unaware of. Was that just right in here? <laughs> Dude, right in the, in the office here, yeah. So it's, okay, so it's a shared space then? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny, but... Um, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I understand, like, especially when you're doing, like, the kind of stuff we do, things usually don't go to plan, so you have to be easygoing if you want to make shit happen. 100%. You can't be one of those guys that's like, oh, something didn't work, okay, fuck this shit, or fuck this guy. It's like, that's just the worst attitude to have, go you with know? the flow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you want to do it, you'll make it happen. Yeah, man. So uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself, dude. How did we uh, get to this point? Well, how did we get to this point? First of all, I guess uh, my name is Dilly Bat. Uh, I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, 
I've been an audio engineer for about eight years. I also rap and I also shoot professional photography and video. So I run a production company. I've been doing that for eight years. And how we connected was uh, Knox Studio was putting on a show that my boys have gotten to know them since I come out here like every summer. And uh, they wanted me to do this boat show, and this is perfect timing because COVID is just finishing. So they're like, yeah, let's do a show. So I was like hyped up. I haven't performed in a year and a half. And then I ran into this guy here, Mr. Powers. And I, uh, the first thing I said to you actually was, you look like somebody who's doing something. That's what I said. <laughs> you, you did, look, yeah. You, you look like somebody's doing something. And I was right. Obviously, I had no clue who you were. I, uh, I was like, this guy's somebody. I don't know who he is, but I know he's somebody. <laughs> you just had this look, like this look in your eye and just looking fresh. I'm like, this guy's somebody out here. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's dope. So that's how we connected. And now, uh, now we're here. Now we're here, man. Yeah. yeah when I first uh, saw your work, it was uh, the music video for The Wave. That, that mm. was the one in the convenience store, right? Yeah, and I shot some of it actually out in Kelowna here, too. Dude, and that's so what Kelowna blew my and mind. Sassatoon, yeah. Is you, you shot it. You directed it. You shot it. Mm-hmm. You performed in it. I was blown away. Yeah, so it's, it's a... I mean, so the journey started off with me beatboxing as a kid. Okay. And I started recording. And I'll, I'll go back to the music video, but... It's just a little side travel yeah, yeah, story. Yeah. But yeah, so I started beatboxing, started recording my stuff on Audacity as a kid. And then from there, I started make, making little rap songs here and there. And people started to like it. I was like probably like 13, 14 years old. And then what happened is, is I started going to school in high school for Adobe Premiere. So when Adobe Premiere was like 2.2, okay, I was already starting to edit on that as oh, a kid. Wild. And I was like the top kid in the class. I was just obsessed with it. So... So I had this little handy cam that I bought, started shooting videos for myself. I started editing. I started learning everything myself, right? So um, fast forward uh, after school, didn't know what the hell I was doing. Go to school for audio engineering. First group of kids in like the whole province of Saskatchewan to go to this. There was only six of us. I had the lowest mark with like a 67, but I was the best mixer in the class. So I would just kind of go to class, not do the paperwork and just go straight to the studio. <laughs> yeah. I was already like ma- working on like a mixtape at the time. Dat Piff was the thing. Okay. So I was like getting ready my, my album thing on uh, Dat Piff. So I was like focused on that. So I got my engineering degree and then I started shooting music videos for other guys while I was starting to shoot music videos as well. Cause there was really no options for us. Uh, in Saskatoon because it was all big studios. We had no money. So I was charging guys like $75 a track, come in, mix, record, so on and so forth. And then, yeah, I just kind of became a jack of all trades. I can now, I, I write my own songs. I mix, master my own songs. Um, and then I direct, color correct, light. And the only thing I don't do is I don't hold the camera and I don't make the beats. But besides that, I'm like the mind behind everything. Of course, you got to give credit to everyone that helps because you can't do it alone. Of course. But definitely like... You know, like I put a lot of thought into the song, to the visuals, to the colors, to like everything kind of, you know, coming together seamlessly. So, um, yeah, kind of the journey was beatboxing, started rapping, went to school for audio engineering, started up my own business right when Instagram started, uh, started shooting videos for myself. Then I started shooting videos for other guys, didn't really know what I was doing, but I was like decent at it. And... Here I am today, eight years later, running Dilly Rat Productions, traveling all over the world well before COVID. Um, but I come out to BC, Alberta. Uh, haven't gone out too much to Toronto, but I know once I go out there, I'll be definitely like, you know, I have some people out there I already know that are big videographers. So just keep expanding. But that's kind of a little background story of how I got from... From nothing to here and into to right here, I guess. So, <laughs> to this moment. Yeah, and the wave, going back to the wave, I guess, since that's what you asked me yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It's going way <laughs> off on the trail. But the wave, uh, I made the song, so I heard the beat. 
Um, I always freestyle record first. That's how I do my thing. And then I made the song and I had this plan to shoot uh, this video and I was going to do it in Kelowna. So I'm also, I love to gamble and I would not suggest <laughs> Dude, that to anybody. I love to gamble. I'm a giant sports better. Yeah. Okay. Recent, word, word, word. I so I do <laughs> online slots. That's my shit. Slots. Okay. So nice. I won like $7,000 off of like maybe Damn. a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And so what I did is I paid a couple bills and I had like three grand left. So we rented <laughs> a red camera, the red dragon. I think I re rented yeah. it from, uh, uh, what's the, what's the rental place here? The film factory, film factory. So we went down there, So bro. I probably met you in there. Okay. Cause I used to work there for five years and I was the, mm. the production manager. So, so I did shoot a scene in there, but I don't, I, I think I'll, I will, to be honest, you're one of those faces that you just don't forget. And I only saw you on the boat. So I don't think I ran into you cause I was in and out of there. Okay. okay. But, at the time, they were just setting up for a live stream type of thing, and then we got in there and shot on the white backdrop. So, oh, yeah, okay. So we used uh, – had the Aperture 120D Mark II for a light, and then we used kind of the lights that they have kind of come down, and they're like, you know, if you want to paint it, you can for an extra 150 bucks or whatever it is. But yeah, we're like, yeah, no, yeah. we're good, we're good, we're good. So we shot that scene there, and then we used this red uh, dragon, and I had no clue what I was doing, but my buddy, <laughs> who is like – not as experienced, but he had a lot of knowledge up here, but he didn't have as much experience with the camera. He knew what to do. So we're trying to figure out these lenses. We got like $100,000 worth yeah, of shit on us. It's a little and, stressful. Yeah, eh? it is. And like we were trying to get like the gimbal that we had for it didn't really, it was an older gimbal. It didn't really the work that Ronin. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like it was like the old. Inside out, bro. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say like the, uh, would that be like the first? It's the very first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, and, and so it was almost just a bit too heavy. So anyways, we figured it out. We did some handheld stuff. Um, and it was quite the adventure to shoot the video in Kelowna because like, this is like, it's like my second home here. Matt Bird from, o, uh, how do you say his, uh, company's okay Valley or, uh, or key Valley entertainment. Sorry. I hope yeah. I didn't get it wrong. If Matt okay, sees this, uh, but yeah, it's like Okanagan Valley entertainment. Yeah, exactly. So he knew a couple girls and because we were friends, he's just like, here, I'll bring them out. We'll just hang out. Uh, we did the, these couple scenes in the middle of nowhere, like nothing really went to plan, but we always had a plan B. <laughs> yeah. So we were shooting all these shots with the red camera. Um, and then I started editing and I'm like, we don't have enough. And I had this idea of having a convenience store scene and I actually know quite a really? few people so that came after the, yes, store. but I originally wanted to do it out here. Oh. So the original part was me just going to be walking out of a convenience store, getting in this vehicle. That was one of the shots that we had driving with it. But the problem with the, that situation was that buddy just moved from Saskatoon to Kelowna. He just got this car and he was nervous about me driving the vehicle <laughs> yeah. because of like insurance and stuff like that with being me, Saskatchewan and him just turning over to of BC. Course. So we couldn't drive it. So then I'm like, okay, scratch that. We'll just shoot these scenes and I'll figure it out after. So then I get back and I'm like, Hey, edit. I need to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do. And then I knew, like I said, I know so many people that my buddy's dad owns a convenience store. So we, we shut it down and we had this whole convenience store scene. I brought a bunch of different people in there. Everybody in there is somebody. So I had my barber, um, an artist named James Garlema, who's like one of my best friends. He's also, he, I, he's going to blow up. I'm calling it right now. He's going to blow up. <laughs> I'll have to show you after, but, and then I had these two girls who do their own, they're called those chicks. And they're like okay. well known in the city. They do like podcast, uh, kind of stuff like this, but they also do like workout videos. They do a whole bunch of different stuff. Okay. And then who else did I have? And then I had this girl that I was seeing at the time. Uh, we're still good friends and just a bunch of people that I was really close to. And, uh, yeah, we made it come together and brought all the colors. And then I was shooting with the black magic. It was like a big black magic camera. So it was like the red camera, the black magic shot some stuff with the, uh, Sony a seven three. And then we shot some stuff with the Nikon Z six or seven. I'm not sure which one, whatever yeah. one's the more 
of a video. Really? Because it camera. looked like it all matched really, exactly. really well. And it was so what, what it was is that we shot most of the stuff in log. And then we were able to, I was able to color correct it properly, but I also had the colors in my head before I even started. I know I wanted a white scene with a white shirt. I knew I wanted a sunset shot. I know that I wanted some bluish colors in there. And then I kind of just worked around that. So like I had a little bit of each color in each scene to a degree. So it was planned out, but at the same time we kind of freestyled it because I mean, things never go to plan. You gotta yeah, be yeah. able to improvise like our, our screen. We we didn't fi- we couldn't figure out how to like screw the screen in, so I was like fuck we don't have we need the screen because it's like it's not like a camera you need the screen yeah you need to be so able to I see had what to like shooting. I had to like my dad's like go to a com- go to a mechanic shop because this go to Dude. a mechanic shop my dad's smart he's a truck driver but go to a mechanic shop he's like they'll have some nuts and bolts you can like figure out how to do it so I go there meet this dude he ends up <laughs> actually so he ends up coming to the store with me to get this 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 nut and bolt or whatever to help me put because I have no fucking clue yeah and so are we allowed to swear on this podcast oh okay we're, we're fuck yeah just, you're okay to swear we're, on we're, we're just making sure <laughs> just wanted to make sure I didn't have to tone it down but <laughs> no, no, no. he takes me to the store just I just pull up to a random one he takes me to the store a really good guy helps me out we figure it out get the screen working him and I stay friends on Instagram a year later uh, and I guess a week and a half ago is when the show was he buys tickets for the show and oh, comes on with his so girlfriend sick, and, and it was just crazy how like little connections happen like that yeah, but yeah. like my whole life has been like situations and things and that's how I've met like a lot of people right but anyway so got the screen got it back working and everything and then we realized after we had all the parts and we just didn't know how to put it together because it was like <laughs> yeah. we just we just wanted a good fucking video. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. was quite the process to put this thing together. But then from that, uh, Dylan or, or Will Windex, he saw the video and he's like, yo, I want to do a song. And we never ended up doing a song. But then I ran into him on the street just like a couple of days ago and, and we ended up going with him side neck. And uh, the Cadillac, I think it's Cadillac Kings. Hold on, I'm just going to look at this. I want to make sure I shout them out properly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, they were the Cadillac... Uh, Okay, Cadillac Kings uh, BC. So they were okay. doing like a whole like, thing where they meet up with the cars. And so from this video, Dill kind of was like, he knew me a little bit, but he didn't really know me, but he wanted to do a song. I run into him on the street. And then we end up in Vancouver. I just got back from there with these guys and we we're shooting this video. And I knew the tattoo artist somehow. Wow, and it's just like, you're fuck. plugged in. You're plugged in yeah. everywhere you go, man. You know what? Being plugged in is a really, uh, it's a grateful thing on my end. But being plugged in is special because anybody can meet anybody. But people who already are set up or connected, they're not stupid people. So they're not just going to let anybody in. And I feel like one of the skills or things about me that I, that I've like, I'm look, looking from the outside perspective on me is that I'm a genuine person. I know mm-hmm. who I am. I'm very confident in who I am. I don't need to be cocky. I'm kind. And I'm always thinking of other people and what their interests are and what they want to get out of it besides just me. So when I meet people, I'm not just asking them for things or trying to like, oh, let's do a video because you got like 1.9 million views. I don't care about any of that. I care about the person. And like, you know, when you're an established person, you're used to people just like liking you for the clout or whatever it is. So I've been able to network with so many people from Kelowna to Saskatoon uh, to even people with people in Toronto online, even though I've never been there, just because I think I have uh, a general rule of thumb of just treat people how you want to be treated and think of others and think of how they're thinking before you just like ask. It's like if you're going to take, give something in return. I think a lot of people forget that. So being plugged in, I think, is a deeply, deeply rooted um self-awareness and also a lot of work to get there so that when 
you know, you are this person, even though there's always work to be done on yourself, when you're this person, you can actually, like, have those opportunities fall into your hand and know what to do and just be easily genuine yourself without having to try too hard. Because you realize all these people that are popular and all the people that are popping, they're regular people who want to be treated with respect and regular. They don't want to be treated like you're a fan, and they also don't want to feel like you're taking something from them or asking or using them. So if you have all that in mind being plugged in isn't actually that hard at all, if, especially if you're a people person. Some people aren't people people, and they're still successful, but me, I'm like, I like people. Yeah. As long as they're not, you know, dickheads or whatever, but... That was the first thing I noticed about you on the, when I met you on the boat, is you were just, like, a hella genuine dude, and I, I was I was there to see Huey and stuff perform when they, when they first showed up. Um, yeah, shout out Huey. But then, Dope. yeah, they dipped, and so I was just on the boat by myself, and I was like, dude, I'm gonna hang out with this guy for the rest of the night, man, because <laughs> you were just a genuine, nice guy, man. Word, man. That's why I got time. the same vibe from you, though, yeah, too. it was tight. It was tight. It's, um... Just going back to the music video, it's a uh, it's wild how willing people are to help. Yeah. On 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 music videos and on productions, like I'm always surprised that people are, are down to go the extra limit to make uh, our dreams come true and help us out. And it's shit. huge. You need that, man. You honestly, you need that. You need people that are help, gonna help you out because guys like us, yeah, we might make a few bucks here and there, do do well here and there, but a lot of the time you need help. We don't have budgets. Like I spent, I think a total of like thirty five hundred dollars on that, the wave music video. Wow. Yeah. Only got like. I think it was like 2,200 views, maybe not even, but I did it because I love it. I wasn't really like, I want the exposure, but I just know it'll come, you know, keep your quality going. Everything will happen the way it should. But, you know, I didn't have any budget to like pay people and stuff. And I was just like straight up I'm like, hey, I like it. Just uh, whatever I can do to help you in the future, let me know. And I've always worked on that. Like if you need something, I'll actually come through and do it. And I think that's why a lot of people come through for me is because they know I can count on Dilly unlike anybody else. Everyone's like, I got you, and they can't answer their phone. Or it's only, or they only will say that they can help you out when it's convenient for them for you to help them right, in the moment, right, right, right. and then they're ghosts, you know? Yeah. And I've had so many of those experiences that I made sure that I never did that to people. So when I ask people for a favor, they can count on me to at least – you know, let's say if I can't do it, at least I'll be honest with them and answer the phone call rather than people. People are very, like, not good at communicating in general, especially with social media. So people are used to being sloughed off. So so treating people how you want to be treated and just having that respect and having that word, like your word is your bond kind of thing, it goes a long way. And you become really valuable and you become somebody that's different from the rest because you're sticking to your word and you're actually someone who will... You know, you appreciate when someone helps you, so you have no problem helping them, even if it's like years down the road, man. So yeah, it's like yeah. it's very important to be that, and that's how you get help. You know, I find the Okanagan's actually pretty bad for that of like mm. people not replying to emails and like not replying to text messages and stuff like that. And it's it's weird because yeah, we're like so connected. It's like I can see that you're online posting stories and stuff, but yeah, yeah, uh, they just people just get like anxious or nervous or just or don't answer or, or don't just answer like and they're just, like yeah. yeah, I feel what you're saying. I'm just gonna. Yeah. A little something here. I probably don't put the bottle in here. Uh, sure, it's fine. I don't think it matters. Mm. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too worried about it right now. I'm not. I'm only getting like a hundred views on this <laughs> stuff. Hey, to yeah, be it's, with, it's so. all good. I just, you know, I think for future when when your podcast blows up, you know, and uh, they're gonna be like, holy shit, he's pouring a lot in there. But this is <laughs> this is a man's world. Yeah, man. And hey, sports. you've been grinding, like I said, bro. Dude, you've been grinding. I like, love it. You even when we were hang, supposed to hang out on Thursday, like you were doing a photo shoot that day. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if you've been like recording with people and stuff out here, or yeah. at least making plans. Um, but I just I just want to go back to the music video one more time, mm -hmm. real quick, because um, 
I just wanted to say that that the reason I like that music video so much is it's it has a storyline to it. Yeah, it does. You know, th- and and I f- when I do music videos, I try to stay away from like just the rap hype shit of mm-hmm. just like going in front of the camera and just you know like it's nice to always tell a story, especially from a filmmaking perspective. Yes. Um. So how did you come up with that story and like how did you kind of like where where do you get your inspiration from? As far as like the video side of it. Yeah. So and, and actually the song side of it as well. So I guess kind of to start so. I have words that just come to, just like any other artist that can relate to this that makes songs. I just had the wave came, come into my head. I was just like freestyling. That was came into my head. And then the whole idea of the song was the wave is like, can you feel the wave is me making a wave in the game. I'm on the way. Just wait. It's coming. Can you feel the wave? Yeah, I had to get it on my own. I put myself in the game as in like just from what we just talked about. I put myself in the yeah, game. I had to. You know, I didn't have the money to pay for a $3,000 music video. And a lot of people don't. So I was like, I got to... I knew at a young age I had to learn. So the wave was me saying, I'm making moves. I'm coming. Check me out. Like, I'm not I'm not just some random artist. I'm someone you got to take seriously because... Tsunami warning. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> then so then, I had all these visions. So the wave, like I'm thinking of the video. I knew I wanted some good-looking girls in there. I wanted a car. I wanted to do these falls that I had gone to the first time. So 2016 was the first time I came to Kelowna. Okay. And we did this, like, we did, my buddy's a big hiker, like, wake up in the morning, eggs, uh, protein shake, water, we're, we're doing it, like, this is the real <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, so like, we went to this waterfall, and I'll never forget it, because we actually, like, almost died at this waterfall, because oh we God. ended up going up this one side of a wall. Was it Finchery Falls? Or um, you know? I, okay, well, you've seen the video. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it must have been Finchery, it's like where you walk, and you, you can kind of walk up, there's that rope that you have to climb down backwards. I think that's Finchery Falls, It's gotta yeah. be Finchery. Um, oh, wait. No, Fintry has got the fence, right? Fintry's got the fence. I'm not the biggest hiker in the world. Okay, Fintry, so <laughs> Fintry has there. that one small path. You, if anyone's hiking, if you guys see this, <laughs> it has that little fucking. Uh, it's like this, and you have to walk across it. And if you fall, you die. Yeah, game over. And the bar is that? Is that? I think that's Fintry. I think that's Fintry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I actually shot another music video there. We'll talk about that later. But I shot a whole video there in you know that little abandoned house. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, 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 that's Fintry. So we shot in there and at this falls at this falls place. But anyways, this other place I can't remember what it's called. But I know if you know if you pulled up the video while we were shooting, I know someone recognized it. Maybe they could drop it in the comments. Yeah, but yeah. we almost died climbing up this one side because we thought we were gonna be cool. Like it was like I got stuck and <laughs> my buddy was down below, and the only way I could get back was to like step down grab this root and then pull myself back up. So I had to like go down around the back of him, pull myself up with this root. And like, if you fall, you're, you're, you're falling Dude. to your death. There's no way. So I'll never forget that. So I wanted to shoot a music video there. So that was <laughs> one of my ideas is like, I wanted to shoot cause it was such like a good memory. Of course. And, uh, and then the convenience, convenience store scenes. I don't know. I don't know why I came up with that idea, but I just, all these ideas popped into my head. And then um, we wanted to do a little acting part. Thought it'd be kind of fun just to try out something new, you yeah, know? You great, um, yeah, just to quit. We did actually a lot more acting. There was a lot more acting in it. And I just cut just that one small section because yeah. I felt like it was going to be too much. And it wasn't the most professional, but there were parts that were like really well acted because these girls, those chicks were the girls at the counter and they were the ones kind of asking for protein because they do gym stuff. Right. So it kind of played into their, their, their brand as well. And so they were already like kind of camera ready. So it made sense. And then the one buddy's like, yo, you got any bleach? And this guy's like been my best (laughs) friend forever. Shout out to Dallas Stern. If you see this, my guy, um, one of my best friends always, he's helped me shoot music videos. He doesn't even know what he's doing. And uh, he always (laughs) comes out. So 
Um, but he's the kind of guy. He has no Instagram, no Facebook. He has Snapchat. Damn. He's like he's off grid. Cool as fuck. No, he's right? the he's coolest dude ever, it. and he's a good looking dude too. So like, <laughs> so like when he goes out and girls see him, they're like, "Who's this guy?" Because he's no, he's nowhere and to be they found. Can't find anything yeah, out they about can't, him exactly. Like, Man, this guy's mysterious. Exactly. So so he <laughs> did that one part of the acting, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. So that's kind of how the video came together, and like, yeah. It's wild, man. The the amount of work and the amount of adventure and the amount of trial and error that goes in is unbelievable. But the main thing is you can't give up. You know, this world will test those who really want it. And then you figure out or the world will tell you if you're going to get it or not based on how hard you're willing to go for it. Like you have to go the extra mile and a half. Yeah. 100%. Always work harder than your, you know, worth or what you're getting paid. It's just just the law of the world if you want to get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, nobody uh, gets to the top without working extremely hard. And um, yeah. it's cool that uh, as an artist uh, in the digital age, you can, you know, mix and master your own music and write your own music, shoot yeah. your own videos. Like, I heard it described to me one time as, like, people, when Instagram first started popping off, they became their own um, publicist. Okay. And I think then, and this is the theory I'm kind of testing out with the whole podcast and stuff, is I think the next step is people are going to become their own network. Like their own NBC, their own TSN, their own yeah. music, right? And they're and so that's kind of why I'm doing this, and that's kind of what I s- related to you with when you were just doing so many different things: photo shoots, music videos, yeah. writing music, performing. Like it's nuts, it's nuts. Yeah, and uh, I mean, like once you've been doing all those things for all those years, you really start to sharpen your skills after all these years, right? I remember when I was doing photography, or I was doing video and photography, and I always had another buddy that was in production. He's like, just do one. He's like, just focus. You can get really good. And in the back of my head, he's like, don't even do audio. I remember him just kind of like trying to tell me to go this certain direction, I think because he wasn't doing it. And I don't think it was a jealous thing, but he was just trying to suggest like instead of trying to chase, um, I wouldn't say chase. I'm trying to think of the right word, but instead of trying to do all these things, become a master at one thing. Yeah, I've heard that And before. I've heard that before with like business podcasts and stuff. But I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I can become a master at all these things and yeah. I will be. And I never let anybody tell me different. And now... You know, when I go shoot a music video or I go shoot, like, interview or corporate video, it's like, hey, I got your audio. I can mix master that. Uh, I got your lighting. I got your video, cinematography, color grading, everything. One-stop shop. And when they hear that, they're like, sold. How do we give you a deposit? 100%. It's huge. Especially on the video side of things from a business thing. Um, Are you you a perfectionist with your your art? I am a perfectionist, but I'm um, I'm not the kind of perfectionist that's going to... Uh, lose sleep. I'm not over over my project. I'm also not the kind of perfectionist that's going to be upset if a client or someone wants to switch out a shot. Yeah, I yeah, never yeah. get emotionally attached to my work to the point where um, my emotional state and my vision is getting in the way of what the person who paid me or has hired me to do it wants first. So I always make sure to put that first. So I like have. Uh, I'm a perfectionist, but I'm not to the point where I'm letting it get in the way. Uh, of my business, the way I, the way I get jobs or the way I finish things. I'm just like, whatever's going to make you happy because, um, you know, you always have to have your input as well. Like sometimes you have to direct or guide someone being like, I don't think the shot's good and they might come back if they have a valued point, then cool. But I am a perfectionist, but not to the point where I don't put things out. You ever heard of those perfectionists that yeah, do yeah, so yeah. much shit and it's don't put all, shit yeah. out? Oh, just one more thing. I just got to fix this. Yeah, one. no, you yeah. can't be like that. You, it's like even making music. I know artists that like, 
uh, make music and they don't put it out or they keep going back and recording the same song or they keep doing it. It's like, fuck, it's like once you're done with it, just move on and record it. Stop judging yourself. Put it out there. If it's not your yeah. best, okay, go fix it. But, like, you have to know when to stop and get going on the next thing because that's just going to hold you back. Like, I know artists that I've worked with where, uh, and I absolutely love them to death. I support them. But it's like they record a song with me. And then six months later, they're re-recording the song. And I'm like, why? I'm like, like, just, it's already out. Just like yeah. get to the next thing. And it's, it's, it's not just one person. There's multiple people I've seen being like that in just different areas. So perfection, perfection is good, but not to the point where it's, uh, um, taking away from your art or taking away from your progress or taking away from getting the next thing. Because I think a lot of artists as creators don't know how to separate that. Totally. Because they also work by themselves. They don't take a lot of criticism from the outside there's a lot of little things that add up into people's brains or why they are like that. And being a guy who's worked with so many people and dealt with so many people and me being in the field as well in the artistry, I've really learned to create, be, per, be a perfectionist, but not to the point that it's going to take away. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I like to think of myself as passionate, but not perfect. Like you're it, never going to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect. Nope. Yeah. Like you always, you can go back on your videos and be like, Oh, I could have done that better. Oh yeah. I could have done that All better. All the time. But I, here's what, Here's what gets me to sign off on a project. If it's for a client, when they're completely happy, 100% happy, and I always make sure, like, I don't just give them a video, but here you go. I'm like, do you need changes? I'm not charging you for the changes. I charged you what I was going to charge you in the budget, and I never even mentioned that, but it's part of the service. Someone, I sent someone a video, and uh, they're like, four days later, like, can you take this one part out? I said, no problem. Take it out. Here you go. When they're happy with it, then I'm happy with it. And they're going to keep coming back. Exactly. That's the thing. But it's all... from production quality, the finished product is, I would say, I would say, honestly, just on a guess, 30% of it is that. And the 70% is the process from the initial meet to how you get the deal, to how you get the deposit, to how you close out, and then how you finish off. That's like, that is 70% of it. I believe I it. Agree. And I'm like, I got to be honest with you. Like, I love doing this photography and video stuff, but my passion is business. I like, and that's, I think that what separates me from a lot of, people where I'm from is that there's people that are just as good or even better, better cameras, all kinds of stuff. But I understand people really well and I know how to lock in jobs and I know how to create value where it's not like I'm just fucking hook, line and sinking you in just to like get money from you. I'm only working with you if I want to provide a value for you. Like I believe in my product so much that I'm selling you on it, but I'm very, very certain on it. So when I do that, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm ready for the whole project in a whole to kind of give that. So it's, uh, I don't even know where I was going off on this, but <laughs> I just started trailing off. But uh, I love the business part of it, like the meeting, sitting down, yeah, and just it's uh, yeah. it's such a key part. Uh, I I learned that um, really quickly from a guy named Aaron De Silva here in town. I don't know if you know yeah, that shout out Aaron De Silva. We yeah. still got to meet up if you see this. <laughs> I've been trying to link up every time I've been here. I holler at him all the time. Same type He's of a dude, busy though. guy. He's all over the place, busy, yeah, I busy, know. busy. But he made every one of his sets just like a good time to be on. And I noticed like 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 his work's amazing. But it seemed like people were more wanting to work with him just because they were having such because a of good him. time when when with, with being on with him. So I think that's a uh, super key. Key. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Yep. Hear from a little bit of sponsor, and then we'll uh, get right back into it. Let's go. I love the way you burn in the moonlight. 
You know that we connect like it's Bluetooth. Yeah, you wanna drink, you wanna pound, baby, you choose. Look at how you take it. Live for for real for real. <laughs> yeah, now there's no. No, but you know what? It's no editing this deal. shit out. Huh? It's natural. Yeah, man. Well, um, so we just uh, when we were off camera there, you were telling me a little bit about um, coming to Canada from uh, Romania. You said. Yeah. Yes. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Like. Uh, yeah. So, um, I guess my journey of life hit the lottery when I was first born. So, um, I was born in Romania, Bucharest. A small town called Patesh, if that's how you say it right. I never learned the language. I was only born for two weeks, and then after I was born, um, I was adopted by a white family from Saskatchewan, Saskatoon. Um, and so two weeks after being born, I was adopted and became a Canadian resident. Um, my mom, like, this is what I've been told because, like, to me, it's just a story. Like, you're two weeks old, you don't have any memory of that, of course, you know? Yeah, yeah. So my mom was 17 when she had me. Uh, apparently at the time my dad was in jail and um, we lived in a mud house so what we did is have a mud house it was actually probably about the exact size of this room and they had a hole in the roof and only I only know this because of pictures which is like in in the 90s pictures weren't even really a thing yet you know like there weren't a thing so the fact we have photos is kind of crazy but um, so they had a hole in the roof and they had a fire and there was about 17 people I think I say in one of my songs actually exactly that uh, so 17 people lived in there, they're all family or whatever, and we had goats in the back for milk, so that's kind of how we made our money. And my mom was 17, so she couldn't, you know, she put me up for adoption. I'm not even sure exactly how it worked, because it's a third world country, so it's like the, the slums of the slums. Like, you live in a mud house, there's no Google Maps, there's no street addresses, there, it's just, it's a fucking free-for-all out there, right? It's, it's the animals, the savages, pretty much, is, is what it is, right? So, um... My mom said that she had saw on TV that there was, um, you know, an ad for Romanian babies to be adopted. So uh, from the history that I know, because I also know a, uh, another Romanian videographer out of Vancouver who's very, very, very successful. Oh, wow. He started sharing just this year with me the history. And so the gypsy people, uh, they share actually a lot of the similarities to uh, the indigenous people. So like I relate to them really well. Uh, I don't know if a lot of indigenous people know it, but the gypsy people share a lot of the same uh, background culture. Not exactly, but um, so the gypsies, we were like sold off into war to the Germans and stuff like that. They killed us off. They hated us. They, they mm. absolutely hated us. They There's wanted still us gone. Uh, racist roots in the UK and stuff. Like yeah. That like you always hear people, people saying I'm a gypsy, all this kind of stuff. It's kind of like, uh, I don't even know if it's a, bad term or what you want to call it but it's not like a it's not like a serious term people just say it loosely and stuff like that right so we were the gypsy people and you know we were poor they're known for stealing and just bad shit so we were never liked but uh yeah so i was saved from that but the history was that so i was born in 91 but like in the 80s and the 70s and stuff they had this really powerful king and queen and they took over and they like took all the money and built like this crazy gold like I don't. I wish I knew more about the history. I haven't really looked into it, but like this big, like, ma I wouldn't. What would you call it? a castle? Or what yeah, the fuck would yeah. you call that? Something like that. And so, anyways, the people ended up like going against them, and I think they ended up killing them. Holy like the shit. people, like, were like so broke and poor and not eating that they like went against them, killed them, and stuff like that. And during that time frame, there was a lot of bad, bad things that happened in Romania. It was like, it was like so many different cultures coming through in and out there and stuff like that. So I don't even know what I am. Like I could be part Hungarian. I could be part whatever. Nobody knows. I've never done the DNA thing. So nobody knows what I am. But right. there's a lot of history that I didn't know about myself and like how I am and why I am the way I am. 
And so I'm still learning. But uh, there's a lot of things I did get from the gypsies. I could definitely say like my intuition, my dreaming, my uh, ability to say, you could say foresee the future to a degree. I don't want to go too much into this, like, you know, too much into that. But you know what I mean when I yeah, say yeah, that, yeah. right? So like, um, so yeah, that was my story. And then moved to uh, Saskatchewan. Did a whole thing in uh, Warman, Saskatchewan, is where I was born. I was the only brown kid in the whole community, being a being a brown kid in a white community. Um, you know, dealt with racism a little bit here and there. And my mom, at a young age, taught me how to fight. She was like, "The only way you're gonna get kids to stop is that you guys are so young." She taught me that the only way for this to work is that you have to punch kids in the face. And this is horrible that you would think that that no, someone would tell you that. But she said because you guys don't have discipline, and the kids are never gonna learn, and the parents might not even believe this is happening and there's nothing you can do. She's like, so if someone calls you a racist name, you know, like I had like, I've been called like burnt toast, blackie. Like I can remember it like yesterday. Like, fuck, it still gives me the shivers. Like, oh, I remember yeah, being a kid course. feeling that pain. It was like, so, you know, I earned my respect by sticking up for myself only because my mom taught me that, right? So, um, so anyways, so grew up. And then by the time I was in high school, I became the cool kid. So okay, everyone was okay. like, I wasn't even black. And I was like, yeah, this is our black friend, Dilly, and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, and so, like, I was always the cool kid at parties. They'd even, like, dress me up, put me in do-rags oh and big chains, jumpsuits and shit. Because everyone was just like, we have, a, we have a dark friend. They were pummed about it. But as a kid growing up, like. It's same here in Kelowna, man. Like, yeah. People, like, rep the fact that they have, like, one black friend or something like that. And mm. I'm like, bro, who fucking cares? It's crazy, but. right? So, so, yeah, so that's a little bit of the upbringing. And then, yeah, I went to school in Warman. Graduated, um, and then Saskatoon is so close, so Saskatoon ended up moving there because it made more sense for my work. And uh, yeah, here I am. What's the what's the music scene like in Saskatchewan? Oh, it's a wide variety, and there's a lot of talent. Really? I got nothing okay. but good things to say. A um, lot of good talent in different areas. Um, the hip hop scene. So, so I'm trying to think of where I want to go with this conversation, but yeah. the hip hop scene is very strong. Um, I would feel like I was one of the pioneers in a certain degree. Uh, there was an era before us, which was like uh, uh, a guy named Factor Chandelier, Joey Styles. There was a bunch of other guys, but they were like the first first pioneers of all of our all of our hip hop. And then came me, and so we had this new era of guys over my age. And so you can actually look this up. Is I did this cipher in 2013. This is when I started recording people for like 75 bucks for a song in my house on the west side. I was renting with my buddies, and so what I did is I. We weren't really a community. No one wanted to work with each other. Everyone was kind of haters. Everyone was yeah, jealous. We're all young. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what the fuck's going on. We all just want to be awesome. And we have no clue what the fuck we're doing. So I knew all these guys. I recorded like 13 dudes. So I was like, I brought them all together for a cypher. They all met and became friends. And so then I started shooting music videos. Like most of the hip hop artists in Saskatoon now, I've, I've done, I've had my hand in something. Like proudly saying that. Like you got to give them credit because they do their own work. They're their own artists. But I just... I know that there was, at some point, I either recorded one of their first songs or shot one of their videos or, or did photos from them or something. And so uh, that was, the, the hip-hop scene now has grown and we got a lot of different artists, like a lot of different dudes in our city who do different types of music and they're all like really, really good. It's just getting the exposure is the hardest part. Yep. But like there's some guys out there that could be on tour right now with anybody you could think of. Like there's so many dope dudes. Um, and then you got like the rock scene, the indie bands, uh, who are, like it's just... The scene there is good, but we're just, we're at, I don't, I wouldn't. Well, Saskatchewan seems like it's probably well, more well known for its like country scene, at least as far as it Canada is. Goes, but right? you know what? We've had a lot of the biggest acts in hip hop come to our city. We've had yeah. Ludacris, T.I., MGK, Redman Method Man, um, Royce to 5'9". I'm pretty sure Snoop Dogg's been here. Um, 
the list go. Rick Ross. I opened yeah. up Rick Ross. J. Cole. Um, I'm just singing guys off really? the top wow. of my head. You opened like, up for Rick Ross. Yeah, that was crazy. I was, I was, uh, the story about that quick side note is I was running a business called 4G Entertainment. I was in high school. We were throwing huge dances. Okay. <laughs> I was the DJ. I was a DJ at one point. I forgot to mention that. I used to be a DJ. So we were throwing dances. We were packing it with like a thousand people in there. We're kids. We're hired security. We're doing, <laughs> yeah. we're doing a bunch of crazy shit. And so the DJ, he was connected with a bunch of these artists and stuff, so he would bring in all these guys. And so he's seen that I was opening up, and he saw that I was getting a lot of attention. So he pulls up in his fucking fresh vehicle, was, yeah. and he's like, tell everybody you're opening up for Rick Ross. And he's like, you'll get a spot on there, blah, blah, blah. So I go on the microphone, and I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm opening up for Rick Ross. Buy tickets, blah, oh, blah, all this stuff. And I was a kid. I was a kid then. But, um, yeah, we've had a lot of really good acts come through here, like – the amount of stories I could tell, like the cameras and the cards couldn't even capture it all because it's like there's so <laughs> yeah. much. But yeah, it's uh, Saskatoon's a special place, man. It's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of good things going on. There's a bit of darkness, but that's in every city. Yes, and you have to look at the positive, you know. So I don't, you know, I don't want to talk bad because I, I love where I'm from and I love the people there. Yeah, well, I uh, I've never been, but um, the first feature film I ever worked on was uh, with a company called Mind's Eye Entertainment. And okay. uh, they're out of Saskatchewan. I don't think Saskatoon, though. But never um, heard of them actually. Yeah, they they. Uh, so there was a ton of guys that just moved from there to here because th I guess there was this like giant studio that was in um, in uh, in Saskatoon or Regina. I think Regina. It was this giant studio. Do you know the name? Regina? No, I don't. And and it was it was supposed to be kind of like made for movies and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. the, because it was government built, like they had like a bunch of like arts come through there, yep, like painting yep. and stuff. And yeah, we had a lot of stuff, and I think we got cut. I and don't. They got cut. We got we got we got a big and so cut. That's why they came out here. Yeah, we, we they 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 cut. I don't know what happened, but they cut a the lot funding. of the huge funding because they yeah. used to do a lot of films and stuff out here. They cut the funding, and that was right when I was going to school for audio engineering. It would probably been like a year before that. So I don't know what when that would have been exactly, but I'm not used to any kind of funding. Like, as me, I'm yeah. a hustler. I just get it on my own. I've never, like, but I've never done big feature films. Right. I'm like, here, let me do a business production video for you. Let me showcase your stuff. You want to do a story? Let's do that. I've never, ever had, like, I can get a grant. I'm like... I gotta fucking go out there and get it for myself. Yeah, I've never like, applied for a grant. Like, either. and I think it's cool for those that can get those. Good for you because it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of uh, networking, mm -hmm. knowing the right people, paying someone to write that that can do it. So there's a whole strategic part of that. Like, if someone gave me ten thousand dollars and all I had to do is write something and hired, I would. I'm not gonna say I wouldn't take it. I just never had that mindset. Well, I was way. I was in the field doing shit and I was like never thinking about writing stuff down. I'm like, I gotta get the money for myself. And the government's not gonna give. Uh, guys like us money either because well, they might know, we're, 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 we're a little edgy bro no we're, you, you know, know what honestly you know what i know guys i know guys that have that are like that are like that do way edgier music than i do and they've got grants really it's just about who's writing your grants i don't know all of it mm. so like i'm sure there's people out here that'll be like you know probably like correcting me but i know that knowing people that can write a good grant a good and knowing grant, the people yeah. in i guess it'd be the sas music industry i guess in on the board you have to have someone who knows how to write, and if you've got a bit of context and you got a bit yeah. of, you know, uh, I guess media, whatever. If you have some, some uh, bulk, what was the word? <laughs> some, What's the word? I don't know. Something Supposed behind or? what you're doing. You're not just some artist with like one song. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You got, you got, like you a, got a track record. Yeah, of, there you go. There you success, go. So if you yeah. have that, is Robbie G out in Saskatchewan? No, Robbie G's yeah. never been out here. He's I Robert. Right, I mean, out here, we're out here. Yeah, we're I don't. <laughs> I don't. 
Robbie G's come out to do a lot of uh, a lot of shows in Saskatoon. So shout out to Robbie G. Yeah. If you're seeing this, I'm not sure who's watching. I know I can't see the screen from here, <laughs> but it seems like a lot of people are watching. I was, yeah. Um, but yeah, Robbie G's dope. Uh, nothing but good things to say about the guy. Yeah, uh, like I like his one OG, song. Man. I like his one song called What Now. I listen to that all the time. So Robbie G, if you're seeing this, what now? <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, what's next for you, man? What's uh, what's on your radar? What are you planning on doing? I don't really know, man. I never... I never plan ahead too much, to be honest with you, which is like silly in some ways, but I trust the universe and I really just go based on my feel. I don't know exactly have a goal of what I want or where I want to be. I, I don't see it yet. So I don't have any expectations. So realistically, I'm being I'm being influenced. I wouldn't say pressured. I've been I mean influenced. Should be moving out here. I'll tell you why, because I feel like I have a whole family out here. Like I've 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 come here every summer, sometimes twice a summer, sometimes three, since twenty sixteen. It's twenty twenty one now. I know, like everybody that I, I'm, ha I'm like super grateful. I have my friends. I have people that are in production. I have, pe I have everybody in every area that I could ever ask for, and they're all great people. Yeah, and I feel like really, like I feel a lot of love when I come to Kelowna, and you know, I, I hear the stories that like, you know, there's some people here and there that don't work with these people or people have opinions. And I think when you're so, when you've been in a city for so long, you know, almost know too much, and then you have someone like me that come in. You know, and you can kind of like bridge the gap between people. Like I, you know, like I've bridged a lot of gaps in Saskatoon between people that maybe didn't talk or didn't like each other, and that's just like I guess a part of my persona because I give everyone a fair chance. I don't give a fuck what anyone says about anybody. I care about how you treat me and how you're yeah, going yeah. to be towards me. I don't, I don't listen to people. I listen, I listen, I look in your trust eyes. Yourself. I trust I trust myself more than I trust. You know, you still got to listen, but so, anyways, when I come out here, I feel the love big time. A lot of good vibes, and I think it's because the weather, the the accessibility to downtown and the beach, and if we're going really deep, humans love to be outside, active, water, like we're animals. So that is all kind of accommodating into this happy vibe. Totally. And then you get a, and you throw a guy in there like me who doesn't really know too much of the politics here, and I'm just fucking with everybody because I'm trying <laughs> to like work with everybody. You know, you start bringing people together that maybe wouldn't have considered it before, but because I know these people and I know these people, totally. You know, I can say something good. Like anytime I have an opportunity to like bridge somebody, I do. Like, I don't fucking take an opportunity to say anything bad. I'm like, okay, well, like uh, these guys I work with out here, are great people, and they're like, oh yeah, we've heard of them, and they're like, yeah, I'm like, like maybe there's something that you guys something can do there, there yeah. right? So. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, Kona used to be very clicky and and uh, same with Saskatoon. It's not that much anymore. I mean, like there is, but it's not like especially in the hip hop scene. Everyone fucks yeah. with everybody. There, we're all trying to support each other. I can't. There's no beef in our city because, like, what are we beefing about? Yeah. Like, we, we, uh, you're not taking my money. No, exactly. Yeah, and besides yeah. that, like, there's, there's nothing to beef about. It's yeah, about I don't. Money. I don't even really know of any beef out here in Kelowna, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, it's kind of silly if there would be, because uh, I don't hear anything either, and I know a lot, quite a few people out here, like yeah. from like barbers and all these kinds of people, and I never hear like people really talking too bad. I you hear some unsure things, like we just you don't know someone enough. Yeah, and some thing. people just don't vibe with each other, and that's totally cool. Well, right? I think it comes down to being, your, you know, your animal. Yeah. Some animals just don't get along with other animals. Top of the food chain, right? It's just different type. Like we are, at, we're humans, but we are animals. And some animals just do not, no matter what, they just don't work in the same room. Yeah. It's just how it goes, and you have to accept that it's part of our existence as humans. You 100%. know, we try to make it seem like we're not animals, but we are, and that's the explanation I think for sometimes why you might just look at a guy and want to punch him in the fucking <laughs> face, and he's never done anything wrong to you. He's probably a nice guy, but you're just. 
you know, like a shark and a fucking medium-sized fish. Yeah, you yeah, know, like yeah. he probably could get along, but the shark wants to eat the fish. Like he's he's ready to kill. Like, yeah, man. It just depends who's in what room with who, you know. Totally, man. And yeah, everybody's, uh, I guess, uh, competitive to a certain extent in, in in this industry as well, right? Oh, you have to be competitive if you want to get it. Being a pushover or being passive aggressive is the absolute worst thing you ever want. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, how's our time doing here? Oh, we're chilling. Yeah. Okay, we're, 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 good, right, we're right. good. Yeah, I know we gotta make sure these cameras <laughs> I just roll. Look every now and again. Just to no, make you sure. gotta you gotta make sure. I know I talk a lot, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it, dude. Though, man, this is a good episode so far. Dude, we could talk forever, man. We could have like a three-hour episode. <laughs> facts, facts. What about you? Like. I talk a lot. What about you? Tell me some more about your life and you. Like, I know, like, you got me on your podcast, but, you know, like, how long have you been doing videography for? Uh, you know, tell me some more about you because I know you're always, like, I watched other episodes. You're always checking, you know, seeing what's up with other people, but, like, what's going on with you? Tell me about your life. Yeah, tell me, no, tell me some stuff. I want to I want to hear it because I think you haven't said too much about I that I haven't said yet. it much on the podcast. I've, I've been on other podcasts and stuff that people might have heard heard it, um, mm-hmm. at least that it, people in my audience. But um, this is what I love about podcasting is that I can now be exposed to your audience and you can be exposed to my audience. Yeah, like right? this whole thing, I don't even know how many people are watching <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't even know if like, oh, I hope somebody's asking some questions. See some people have questions. We got uh, a solid four people. A solid four people. Yeah, Let's go. Shut them uh, all out. Shut them all out. I've been in and out. No, a lot of people have been in and out. Um, <laughs> well, whatever. Whoever wants to watch this, let them watch. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it'll, it'll have some views after this, but yeah, you're getting exposed. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jordan Powers. That's my boy. If you don't know, go check him out. <laughs> Coolest dude in Kelowna with the podcast. I'll take that title. Uh, here's my early prediction. This podcast that he's on, he's got a great, he's got great, uh, a great presence, very smart, well when he talks, he's very good at talking. <laughs> this podcast will be big. Give it like a year and a half. I'm calling it now before anyone says it. Podcast will be huge. I'm trying to be the next Joe Rogan, man. I shaved my head recently. You know what? Buzzed up That's not <laughs> a bad thing to go after because uh, Joe Rogan, very wild dude. Very certain about who he is. And he has a great, fair perspective. Straight up. Yeah, I've always you know what? He, he definitely inspired me. But Yeah, um, I like that you called it the, the Jordan, Jordan Powers, Powers experience, experience yeah. because... I mean, some of you are like, oh, he's biting, whatever. No, fuck. Yeah. Stop thinking negative, first of all. Second of all, it's an experience. Well, and I was, I was, that's exactly what came to my head. I was just like, fuck, if people are going to think that I'm like copying this dude. And I was like, I thought about it and I'm like, he's the modern version of a late night talk show, right? And if you look at late night talk shows, there's this talk, late, late night talk show with whoever and this late night show with whoever and Jimmy Kimmel and blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, fuck it. Like, why can't I just name mine the experience as well? You can do whatever you want yeah, and so fuck what anyone thinks. It. The power of your own brain is when you don't let anybody else get inside your own head and you're very certain of what you're doing. Who cares what people got to say? Yeah, 100%. You know? But yeah, to give you some background on, on myself. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, Tell me some more about you. Now we're turning this into the Dilly Bat Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Dilly Bat Podcast. I'm Powers, his first guest. My first guest. <laughs> um, so how long ago did you start videography? What got you into videography? Yeah. And what are you currently working on? A bunch of questions. I want to hear you go. I'll give you the quick answer. I uh, Straight out of high school, I got into automotive and I worked at um, Anthony Subaru here in town as a apprentice Word. mechanic. Word. And then um, I was always interested in film. I was always interested in movies. I played drums growing up. Nice. Um, and uh, actually, my sister inspired me to uh, get behind the camera. Uh, I was always insecure about my height and my looks and stuff yeah me too me too me too growing up and so i never thought i could be an actor or anything like that yeah and she uh 
she just started crushing it. She she was the youngest person to be accepted to the Vancouver Academy of Dramatic Arts. Wow. Um, she graduated top of her class. She got an agent straight out of uh, school, and I was just like, damn, she's dope. Driven. Driven, and I'm this greasy mechanic, <laughs> like just just partying every weekend and stuff like that. And so uh, I thought maybe I could help uh, support her and, and chase my dreams a little bit because yep. that's also something that's not um, – taught uh, told to you when you're in high school that you can go and be uh be somebody uh, somebody yeah like an actor or a filmmaker or uh even like a politician or a rapper or mm -hmm. any of that and so um i just never was exposed to it and then and then when she started doing it, it inspired me so i quit my job uh, i was driving a 2003 wrx all souped up at the time hey. it was my baby and i <laughs> sold it and i bought an electric drum kit yep. and uh all my camera gear and i was like one of these are going to take off for first me. camera what was the first uh, camera? It's a Canon T6i. Hey, a nice, 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 nice. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of people's first are T2i, T6i. Yeah, T6 step up. So this was probably in two, uh, this was like six years ago. So 2015, 2016, something like that is when, okay. I, when I quit. And then, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I just told myself that I'm going to go to every single person in town who describes themselves as a cinematographer, director, or producer, yep. and I'm going to say, I'll shovel shit for you if you can get me on set. Like, I don't give a fuck nice. what it is. Hustler mentality. Grind. Yeah, and I love that shit, by I the way. I did. I met a guy who had an office at the film factory, and... Um, he ended up introducing me to the boys over there. Shout out Kelly Valtteri and uh, Shout Jeff out Kelly. Myers. They gave me my first shot. Kelly was uh, a big mentor in my life. He now runs a um, production company called uh, Empire Films, and he has a rental studio called um, Video Dot Equipment. So, nice. Uh, I'm gonna go rent some stuff from there. Yeah, Shout out to Kelly. He's a boss man, and uh, he yeah he mentored me. He got me on my first film set with Minds Entertainment. Wesley Snipes was the main okay, guy on there. So okay. yeah, I met Blade on the first film. I ever did. Wait a second. Hold on. And hold on. Hold on. Say it again. Hold on. Pause yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. That was so quick. You met the. Yeah. So first movie I ever worked on was um, was called uh, The Recall. And it someone was actually told me this. I'm not even going to lie. Really? Someone. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Sean. Oh, Shout out to Knox I, Studios. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure. But someone had mentioned this exact story. But it was very like in the background kind of thing. <laughs> but it's popping <laughs> into my head. So you. Okay, so sorry. Tell me that story. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah so it. I, I, uh, I was uh, building a shed in the back of the film factory. That was like the first. Okay, so the, first so you're telling me someone Blade was shot in Kelowna? No, not Blade. Just Wesley Snipes was on the. Okay, that's the, the black set. guy, right? Yes, that's yeah, the guy that in comes Blade, out. With okay, the, with the sword okay. and everything. Yeah. So. Sorry if that's politically incorrect. <laughs> Any of my colored friends, I'm colored too. I just that's that's just what came into my head. So he. Uh, I love everybody equally. Yeah. So he. Uh, <laughs> um, the 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 go to second aid the thing about Kelowna is it's so small that especially the film industry and we're so close to Vancouver that there's not actually a giant pool of crew when it comes to movies and so like there was like pretty much the camera crew was like Kelly and this guy Ryan Tebbit shout out Ryan Tebbit and he shout was out, out in um, the U S doing a DJ documentary. And uh, so they needed a second AC, and I was just, like, the closest guy to the... AC, what does that sound for? Uh, assistant camera. Hey. So second AC, you're setting up the cameras for the camera operator. You're Putting the lenses sure on. All the lenses are clean. They're on the camera. Nice. Batteries are charged. And then you're the guy with the slate, and you're like, you know, scene one, take two, two, yep. hey. You got to do that. Yeah. Marker. And <laughs> so... Um, I was just building the shed in the film factory. They needed a second AC. Kelly was just like, well, this nice. kid seems like he grinds. 
And um, yeah, man, it was one of the best months of my life. We lived up in Silver Star for the whole thing. Where is Silver um, Star, by the way? It's a ski um, hill just outside of Vernon. Okay. So it's like an so hour this away is, So from you met him there? I met uh, Wesley up there. Yeah, yeah. And so, so why? Sorry, just again, it was because you guys were shooting up there. That's he, why. That's how you met him. So Kay. he was the main actor, or oh, was he doing a different show? Yeah. So this was called the Recall. It was like uh, this whole alien abduction film. It's it's no offense to Mind's Eye and everybody, but it's trash. It's not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to make a good fucking movie. It's really tough. I and love so, aliens though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get into aliens on the next. Yes. Now. We're gonna get into aliens. But uh, yeah, man, he he. I think he was actually fresh out of jail. Wesley's nice because he uh, avoided taxes uh, in the U.S. and he had to serve some time. And then um, damn. So if you serve time for taxes, then then you paid your taxes, right? I guess so. Sounds, <laughs> I, I have like, no I idea how like, it works. How does that work? Like, <laughs> if you don't pay taxes and you serve time, then then you, that time must pay for the taxes, right? Which is weird because like the people's taxes are going to basically house you in this jail also it's fucked so, up. yeah it's a weird system, i want to look know? into that i'm gonna ask one of my criminal lawyer buddies about that and be like so if you were to not pay your taxes and then you got charged for it would you well in the u.s is different than i'm Canada guessing they still make you fucking pay your taxes dude i sure. think they make you do a lot of cheap labor in the u.s when you're when you're in jail down there and it's kind of fucked up so I, I, yeah I'm sure that's kind america's of different and, yeah but um yeah, man. I mean, that just started this whole journey of me working on on films and um, super dope. Yeah, and it just it just it just I, it's been a fucking trip, man. I don't I don't even know. It's it's hard to to. Okay, well, I got another question for you. How long years. have you been doing videography now for? Five to six years. Nice. That's Five dope. Five to six years. That's yeah. super dope. Um, what uh, what's your favorite type of projects to work on? What are you passionate about? Yeah, I love uh, music videos, and I love me too. Um, film like feature film so i i write scripts and uh, hey that one sorry scripts. interrupt you that one yeah. thing you put on instagram there where you're like well, the opening line a horror film can't, can't be, be done in a tv as a tv yeah. series yeah. and that whole thing was shot someone k i don't know who it was but these knox studio guys is the crew of them they're they fuck with you big time and they were telling me that this whole video was done in like a day or yeah, some shit. Right, right before I got on the boat. Uh-huh. 30 minutes. I woke up the, that the morning. The lighting and everything in that? Well, how long was it? A minute? Yeah. So I, I don't know. But so shout out Jamie uh, Patterson at Patterson Productions. That guy I feel like I've heard that before. He's a boss. He's a good, shout he, out to he Jamie shot, Patterson. He's like, a music video for Tion Gibbs before. Okay. And he's the... Uh, and I, uh, he's collaborating with me and a couple other people on doing a Scream Insta Very series. Very dope. Like, that... I can just tell... That is movie type of shit. Hundred percent. The amount of work that went into that, and then, and then the quick return return on that is yeah. just fucking admirable. Dude, he is an absolute boss and an absolute machine. He. So I woke up. Your that acting morning. in it was also very well, very Thank good. You. I appreciate that. So it's funny that. when I say I'm like this guy's somebody. I'm like I didn't know if you were an actor. I didn't know if you. Were, I honestly made. I was like in my head. I'm like this guy might be famous. I'm like this guy. Like that's what I thought in my head. I'm like you just had that look. I'm like this guy might be famous. No, no, maybe maybe uh, some Kelowna clout, but that's about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I woke up that morning and uh, he just texted me. He said, Hey, can I have 30 minutes of your time? I need to shoot a, a little hype trailer for the Scream series that we're working on. Nice. And when you show up, man, he he knows exactly where he's going to make the edits and he's going to cut to the other person. So he has it all ready to go. He has everything ready it's to go. It's all up here, So man. was he shooting with one camera? One camera. So interesting because, you know, when you have a crew, shadow, because that thing looks so, super seamless. All um, by himself also. He's yeah. doing everything. Audio. Kind of like Stewie everything. Kubrick. Shout out to Stewie Kubrick. He's yep. been a big inspiration to me. I met him on the boat for my first time. Hells yeah. And he has the one to go on. Was he on like, the boat? He was on the boat. I missed him. No. 
I love Stu. Okay, so, so check this out. So, so sorry, we have to go off on this yeah, trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pimpton is from Regina. Yes. Pimpton's a good good bro of mine. He's awesome. He's been making music. He's been an inspiration. I'm gonna FaceTime him in here he's uh, been, for a show. You uh, should. Show you should. Time. No, Pimpton's dope, dude. Very awoke. Very uh, very spiritually there. He's he's very he's a lot more smart than people think. Just. He's one of those guys. Yeah, you dope. probably won't get to know him because he's too smart for most people. But <laughs> Stewie Kubrick shot a lot of his videos. He okay. shot a lot of Mercury's videos. He shot yes. a lot of Snack the Rippers videos. He shot uh, some Prado West videos. Uh, uh, anyways, so the guy, Stewie Kubrick's one of the biggest inspirations of my uh, videography career, along with a guy named George Orozco okay. out of L.A. who shoots for uh, Hobson. He's like Hobson's best friend. I'm good. I'm good friends with George Orozco. Okay, at least cool. I feel like I'm like when I come down there, <laughs> he shows me around. Yeah. But anyways, this guy. So George Orozco and Stewie Kubrick are some of my biggest inspirations. But every time, just on a side note, I, ha I have to go off of this yeah, trail. Yeah, yeah. So we're on the boat. <laughs> every time I've been to Kelowna, I message Stewie. He knows who I am, but we've never met in person. He's always in Saskatoon. He was shooting some stuff for this guy named K the Aquanaut, which is like an OG of our uh, of our Saskatoon era. K Aquanaut, well respected man, very intelligent guy, makes a lot of good music. He shoots Stewie shoots a lot of videos for him, um, and same with Factor Shannon, like I said before. And I was always trying to meet up with this guy. I'm like, fuck, man, I just want to I just want to meet you. Like, you're so dope. You inspire yeah, me. And then. Pimpton shows up and he's shooting a video here before, because Pimpton's always working. Like the guy does not stop working, and I really admire about that. I'm like, you don't, especially video guys and music guys, you don't really realize how much work this takes. Yeah, Pimpton's a fucking genius, and so he brings Stewie out here the day before they're shooting a video, and Stewie comes on the boat. Oh, sick, dude! Yeah, and I recognize him right away. He doesn't. He barely posts any photos of himself, but yeah. I know his face. And I'm like, "Yo, what's up, dude?" And I'm like, "Yo, it's Dilly." And he's like, "Oh, what's up, bro?" And like, so we chopped it up for a bit. But I hadn't met him, and like every time I was here, he was in Saskatoon shooting. Oh, crazy! Wild. Dude. It was what absolutely was, yeah. most wild shit ever. Hold on one sec. Yeah, I think we're gonna actually take a quick break here and go to our uh, next sponsor. So we'll see you on the other side. Start again. My bad. Okay, so, um, anyways, first part I was. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, on that boat there, I really wish. Huey and his bro would have been on the second show because there was a spot open. Yeah, Doji, and Buddy, da <coughs> Doji Dan and Huey Doge. Dope dudes. Dope dudes. Kind of guys you'd want to do ayahuasca with. <laughs> and I've never done it, but those guys would be great. So <laughs> if they ever see this, they're probably going to laugh. <laughs> yeah, 100%. They're probably bro. just laughing like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> but anyways, I wish they would have been on the second show because they had this other buddy and he wasn't prepared and thought he could bring all these people and didn't like take into his account that this costs money for people this is like the first show out of covid it's like you just bring people it's not like a fucking event center it's not this is like a personal person renting a boat with his own fucking money and his crew and they're all doing you know so buddy got i think buddy got sour about it and didn't end up performing so there was an open spot and i wish they would have performed because i loved their music i thought they were fucking dope plus i seen that one of their videos uh for huey Yes. Yes. And yeah. you directed it? I directed it. Wait a minute by Huey Doge. So good. Yeah. The fucking canoe scene? Or was it canoe or what the fuck was that? I think it was a canoe, yeah. Okay, sorry. My my uh my politically correct <laughs> terms it might not be as correct, but the the red and the blue that was going on there. Whew. 
Yeah, man, it was it was a fun that one. Shit and, uh, was sweet. My cinematographer and I were on a canoe as well, and I didn't realize. I how knew that because how else could you? How the hell else could you shoot that? You can't. Yeah. On a, or on a boat. Yeah. The fact you did on a canoe is super risky. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. It was nicely wild. done. But yeah, Huey came on here uh, and he chatted about aliens, and mm. uh, you've got some dope tattoos. I don't know how in depth you want to go into all of them, but oh, yeah. we kind of vibed out on the one on your chest. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna fucking get naked here and there show you. Go. Yeah. You can see the rest um, on the OnlyFans. Okay. Only. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. bad only I'll fans. just give you the chest. Chest is for free today. Um, <laughs> no feet. No feet. You okay. gotta pay for that. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Holy shit! I'm about to show the nipple and all. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Okay. So look at this. So this right here. I, I have stories behind this at all, but I, okay. I'm absolutely uh, a believer of aliens, but. Uh, uh, this right here is an alien abduction. So what's going on here is you have three alien spaceships and there's a house and the house The only color in the house is the illumination from the green ah. Which is pulling the human out of the house. So how I'll tell you this I've never said this really on anywhere except for here. So now that you've got a good look at it um, So how here's how I related that to my life. So I was taken from my place, I right. was taken from Romania. We already talked about this. This is actually good that we talked about this beforehand, so this makes more sense with the tattoo. I was taken from my, uh, I was taken from my home. No control. I had no control. Just like you ever hear anybody being abducted, you know, it, they don't have control. Like if we're just hypothetically speaking. So, I put this on my body to represent the life that was created from something that I didn't even know. You could consider the aliens my parents. My parents aren't aliens, but what I'm saying is that they rest, They took me and enlightened me and gave me my life. And then this whole tattoo sleeve, still kind of relating to aliens, well, yes and no, is that photography saved my life. So I was in a really dark place. And uh, um, so the alien piece represents me being taken from my home. And then the, the, the rest of the sleeve represents my tattoos that kind of saved my life. So this tattoo right here, I can't even pull it up all the way. Fuck, I'm gonna break this shirt. But too got you too, too no, strong, man. No, we're doing it. I'm just got I'm the biceps. Thick, I'm a thick boy. It's been hitting that iron. I was, but uh, <laughs> as soon as I got out here, I've been just getting bad thick. But whatever, <laughs> bad thick. So, anyways, I don't know if you can see that or not, but it's pretty much what's going on here. Is there's a camera, yep. two hands, pointing the camera to my neck. Shooting my brains out. It's like a Kurt Cobain oh, theme, but what's crazy, going on is dude. I'm shooting out my brain with ideas. So at one point, I was in Man. a really, really, really dark spot, and uh, I didn't want to be alive anymore. And I've never even shared that really before, but I, I have no problem sharing it because it's inspiration for people that anyone that sees this. But I didn't want to be alive anymore, and I was like, I just felt like I had no purpose. I couldn't find my purpose, and so I got this tattoo. So this tattoo is me getting saved, and this was my inspiration. So this is after I started my career about like one or two years in. I got this tattoo, and it represented me. Instead of shooting out your fucking brains and blowing your head off like Kurt Cobain style, I blew my brains out with my ideas and saved my own life. So that was wow. a memory to me. And then the rest of the sleeve was dedicated to photography. So you got the old school camera here. You got the film reel going in here. If you look here, you got the dilly back camera, dilly which back. is my first one. If you look here... Um, this is a girl actually her eye is looking through the camera and she's shooting a photo and my buddy's like that's gonna actually gonna be your future wife you don't know who it is yet but that's gonna be your <laughs> wife right so like he was just being funny and then we got the film reel with the alien spaceships in between Damn. so like so then the, we just have this random city him and I just did this for fun we had no purpose we just me and my buddy just decided to do this like all the tattoo guys have ever got tattooed from I've, I've never paid for one tattoo in my life. Shut up. So my body is like I have my chest. Are you serious? My arms, both arms. I probably have about $15,000 worth. I got my legs. Facts. 
Oh my god, dude! Hold on, I'm you really haven't paid for out. any of it. I gotta show, I gotta show the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is real. Well, we'll like, get some close-ups and stuff yeah, also, yeah, yeah. maybe after so, this. Uh, I exchanged video work for photography work, or video work. Yeah. For tattoo work, and it was the only thing that made sense for a tattoo artist because it's like, yeah, you guys charge 150 an hour, but I'm gonna charge you 1500 for a project. So why don't we just call it even? There you go. Let me create for you, then you can tattoo me. So, photography sleeve dedicated to my life that saved me. Uh, kind of coming from the start, and then I guess we're talking tattoos. I know we're talking aliens. Yeah, well, no, but I have to talk tattoos now. Bro, I'm they're like, they're beautiful. They're they're gorgeous. Thanks, who, can, man. can you so shout, shout out to who Wiz did Wan them? for this? Yeah. If Wiz Wan's on this podcast, hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> I ain't doing this yet. Okay, here we go. It paused for a second. We're back at it. So shout out to Wiz Wan. Wiz Wan, if you're watching this, man, I always appreciate you getting me to tattoo in the first place. He did this. Good buddy of mine. He's got a family now. I don't see him as much, but I got mad love and respect for him. He's doing the family thing. It was like what he really wanted in yeah, his yeah. life. And uh, I'm honored to have some ink by him. Dude, they're gorgeous. They're Great beautiful guy. tattoos. And then, so now, fuck. Do we go on tattoos or do we want to go alien go shit? Go tattoos, man. I'm really, okay. I, I really want to hear so about them. this one here. So I've never actually had the chance to explain yeah, yeah. all my tattoos, but this right here is a lion. It, it's like a lion. It's like a savage lion, but... I mean, someone might think it's a wolf, but I think it's a lion. Yeah, it looks like a lion for sure. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Definitely that's what, a lion. That's what I was thinking. So, so I put this on my heart, the heart of a lion. Heart of a lion. Okay, right? Absolutely. Right? Then, okay. Fuck, I'm just going to have to get naked here pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so then now this has a story too. So, so my history is on my body from head to waist. And from waist down is history of the world that I like. Okay. That's the idea. That's the, that's the whole theme I'm going for. So it's a dinosaur theme on the front. I'll, I'll explain that later. I'm going off on so many trails. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Part of a line. Then I'm going to just peel this back a little bit. So I don't know if this camera can see if you can zoom in. Yeah, we'll, we'll grab some close-ups okay, of everything. We're, we're, so, so this is the Lion King. Have you ever seen the Lion King yeah. when it first came out? Rafiki holding the little dude. He's being like the chosen one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you see the rock? You see that? You see? Do you yeah, recognize it? Actually, absolutely. Okay, dude, of course. Yeah, yeah. The tree and everything. So if you looked at the, if you were to look at the cover and compare it, pretty it's much very it. similar. Yeah. So, so pretty much what I was doing there was like I was the chosen one of Romania, or I was the chosen one of my people to come down here to fucking, to fucking to like be the king. To live exactly to live this life. So now here we go. You got the wave. Yeah, the nice. The, this is my travel life. You got the plane taking off out of the photograph. Okay, this is the plane taking off out of the fo out of the photograph. So what does this mean to me? This is my travel life. I just like travel. This is me. This is my opportunity. This is my life. I'm traveling. Damn. I'm, I'm leaving to go to a new world. So then you, this here is like, oh, fuck, I can't show you. I'll have to show you after. Yeah, yeah, we'll get some closer. My shirt's too tight. So this is a whole plane window coming down here, and you're looking at it as if you were looking to your right or looking to your left out of a plane window, yeah. and you're seeing this the engine, the right? engine or like and you're flying over the earth, and at the top of the earth is yeah. the Lion King thing. So, wow, So dude. it's like me, inspiration, me traveling from Romania. This is me kind of flying over Romania back to here, heart of a lion. This is me being adopted, taken from a space that I had no clue from people I had no clue with. They gave me life. I fucking felt so out of place. I actually wanted to take my own life at some point. Photography saved my life, and I inspired that to be my whole fucking my whole my my whole arm and everything like that. And then yeah. my legs, which we weren't going to talk about because it's just I'm I'm good on it. But my legs are for history of, um, are for the history of like what's going on, on the earth. So on my left side, I have a pharaoh, 
And then on the, on the back side of my calf, I have three pyramids and the alien spaceship placing the last piece because I believe that there was some technology or something. I think they were more advanced back in the day than we know. We just couldn't record it or it was deleted, one of the two. But um, I got a lot of alien shit on my body. And then yeah. Well, they're, they're beautiful, man. And I, I, I've just recently gotten a couple tattoos and I've always loved them. But uh, it seems like the ones that have like meaning and uh, are the ones that are the that people love to hear the most about. Mm-hmm. I've, never, I've never had a chance. I always said I'm going to wait till I get on Ink Magazine so I can explain because I'm going to get my whole body done. The only thing I'm not going to do is my neck, my hands. I'm actually going to probably get this tattoo removed. Yeah. I just want to be – I just want to be – I love business so much that I want to be professional. I want to have a Fair. fucking edge. It's kind of dope, also, just being like covered up, suit and tie. No, I've had people be. I've had. I've had people be like, I'm so surprised. And some of my buddies that are fully tattooed from head to toe that just don't. They like have their hands, neck not done. They're like, they're old OGs or whatever. Like they like you know, been street dudes. Now they're not street dudes anymore. They're like, my one buddy's like, don't fucking, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Just in case you ever have to go to court or anything you have to do, he's like, just be a presentable human. He's like, it's gonna make a difference. And he's like, and you're going to be a lot more well-respected, especially in your field. And, I, you know, I took that to heart. Like, I could get my hands tattooed. I could get my neck tattooed. I could get my face tattooed. But the only way I'll ever do that is if I make a big career out of music, like Post Malone or some shit, then I'd probably do some things just to have fun. Yeah, totally. But that would be the only time. I said, if you see a million, you'll know if I have a million dollars in my bank account and I'm doing well for the rest of my life is if you see me get a tattoo. <laughs> there you go. I'll That'll get be a, the camera, flex. a camera under the eye, a camera for, the, for shooting. Or, or a bat. Dope, dude. Dope. How did you come up with the name Dilly Bat? Bat. So Dilly Bat comes from Dilly Dylan, Dylan Dilly, Dilly Bar, Dill Dilly, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And then, um, my one buddy. Shout out to my boy Shay Zacharias, aka Cassius Shay. He's my fucking boy. Uh, one of my best friends ever. He used to be my hype man in all my music videos and shit. He's a dad now. He has kids. He's he's a good man. <laughs> I love him to death. Um. He started calling me a fruit bat because every time I would eat some food, my cheeks would do this weird thing, <laughs> and he'd be like, "Dilly the fruit bat," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> no so then he started, So then it went from that to Dilly Bat. Then I was a beat maker, so I made Dilly Bat beats. Ah, you yeah, can search yeah. it on YouTube. I have the most viewed, one of the most viewed videos in all of the world on how to send a Pro Tool session. Really? Yeah. If you were to go to search how to pro, how to send a Pro Tool session, you'll see Dilly Bat Productions, my YouTube channel, come up. I think it's got like thirty some thousand views. Hell's yeah. And uh, anyways, so Dilly Bat came from that, and when I did that tutorial, it was Dilly Bat beats. That was the first Dilly Bat, Dilly Bat beats. Then I went to Dilly Bat Productions. And then I just decided to have Dilly Bat as my artist name, which I kind of wish I would have changed at some. I wish I kind of would have had it separate. Right, right, right. But the good thing about it is when you're really authentic and you are who you are, all of the opportunities and stuff comes to you. But if you're a fucking piece of shit, it'll all crash down on you too. So what you get with this life is you get you get uh, the attention and all stuff, but you lose your privacy. But in return, you get multiple. Uh, ample, uh, abundant opportunities. If you're real to yourself and mm-hmm. you're not a piece of shit and you're and you're doing great things, I, ca- I can't say I'm perfect, but I can say nine out of ten times I was perfect. At any time that I wasn't good, I tried to make things right. But that's why it's okay currently for me to have my name attached, my hip hop name to be attached to my business, is because of how I treat people and how I how I do is that it's all abundant together. But it could also like if I was 
a different persona as Dilly Bat and different as Dilly Bat Productions, I would fuck myself. Do you feel like you have lost your privacy at this point? Oh, yeah. I have no privacy. I was thinking about this today. Um, so let me say this. I really wanted to say this. I was thinking yeah, yeah. about this in my head. So when you have the lifestyle like this, you give up your privacy. But what you get in return is the transparency of yourself when you look in the mirror to be as real as you fucking can be if you are real with yourself. So what ends up happening is you have two routes you can go. You can complain and hide and, and, and not like it, but still want the attention. Or if you actually know yourself and you're well-rounded mentally, the abundance and opportunity just falls in your fucking lap, but you don't have privacy. Like for me, let's say, for example, I was in Saskatoon right now and I were to go out with a girl and I was going to go hang out with her and have some drinks. I'd have messages from somebody, someone Snapchatting me, and it's just how it goes. And I'm okay with it because I'm not mad at anybody, but you lose your privacy. When you're going for greatness, you lose your privacy, but what you get in return is you get the ample opportunity to be the most transparent person you can be. And if you're a real motherfucker, the abundance of opportunity is amazing. But it's very hard to get that because if you're not real with yourself or you haven't dug through all the dirt and all the bullshit, you can't fucking get there. It ends up being too much for you. But I can handle it. I can take on the world. I'm not scared of anybody. I know who I am. I'm very confident. I'm not cocky. I think I'm not better than anybody. But I appreciate life and I appreciate everything going on. Privacy is something that's been uh, is hasn't been a thing well, for, so for, for like at least for like in my city, probably like three or four years. But like realistically like more like eight years i haven't had privacy in so long it's so key to being successful in this business nowadays is you Dude. have to put yourself out there so much and people don't realize what they're getting i didn't realize what i was getting into yeah but you know what like i said i'm not perfect i've been a piece of shit i've been a piece of shit for sure 100 percent. but i can admit that and look at myself and be like i want to be better than that rather than denying it or sweeping it under the under the under the carpet or whatever and and that kind of shit is character building well, everybody grows, man. Everybody yeah. has to go through something. Everybody's fucked 100%. up. 100%. And, and so, yeah, the privacy. I'm so glad you asked that because I was thinking about that in my head on the way back. I'm like, I wanted to make a post. And my post was going to say exactly what I said. You lose privacy to gain attention. But what you do is you get the opportunity, like I said again, is you get the opportunity to be transparent with yourself. And if you are fortunate enough to be real with yourself, the transparency comes with abundance of opportunity now you cannot fuck up at all there's no room for fucking you up. got eyes on you all the time even here even here yeah there's no fucking up and especially in today's current culture what? cancel but, culture but and stuff so exactly so here's what i see about that is life puts those people in positions because life wants you to be great life wants you to if, if life sees that for you they put the life is you could call god you could whatever call it whatever but life has wanted you to be in that position to to be the realest motherfucker to yourself because you can inspire so many people but they don't want to give you that power the life does not want to give you this power unless you're willing to accept it and be the realest form of yourself yeah which isn't perfect but if you can handle it that's such a greatness comes in such a way you don't even understand so now that i'm okay with myself and i'm like i know i'm not above anybody i'm just my i'm just me the opportunity, I just knew like coming here, like I made uh, I made about $1,800 here um, from two jobs, uh, and I, I actually didn't even want to do any work, but I couldn't say no. Yeah. 
but I also wasn't going to give my time for free, but I wasn't going to overtax people either. I just, you know, and 1800 bucks is a lot of money to people, but to me it was like, I don't know, to me it just didn't, it was just like, it's just weird how it kept falling into me, but it's like I lost my privacy, but the return that I got from that was, like I said, again, the abundance of opportunities. So. Well, and it's interesting that you view this whole path of um, of just, like, uh, essentially, like, the goal is to kind of be, to make money and be famous and, and have a lot of attention. And most people... I have, a look, I have a goal similar to that, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well, most people, when they when they go out on this journey, like, they, at least when I was growing up, you'd hear about how fake people can become on their online persona. But I would agree with you is that, like, I I almost feel like I have to be less fake when I'm coming online and doing all this shit and putting myself out there because it's less work and you can't less sleep at night he, he, if you're if you're oh, being fake. Well, well, I mean, this is just regular principle. Lying takes a lot of work. If you don't Energy, lie yeah. and you just be yourself, you don't have to remember shit. Yeah, and so do you think this whole journey has made you more real? Like, oh, it has like, made me so real. You always have the choice. You have uh, this kind of lifestyle gives you the choice. You always have this crossroad. You can either be real as fuck with yourself and dig deep and go through the pain. And you're going to have to give some stuff up or you can try to fucking avoid it and you can still try to have this going on. So my perfect example is this. I'm going to pause this for one sec. I'm going to end this live because I want to post this before my phone dies. Yeah, dude. Then. Here's what I got to say to this. Thank you for everyone that's tuned in. I love you guys. I'm posting this shit. Um, but I'm not done with this now. I'm not done with it. Share to IGTV. We're posting this. Um, yeah, nice. While you're posting it, why don't you shout out some of your uh, shows upcoming? And, I got and no projects. shows coming up. Shout out to uh, Jordan Powers Experience Podcast. I'm calling it right now. Uh, it's 2021. We're in July 12th. I think we're July 11th, 12th. Something uh, yeah, like I that. think it's 12th. Uh, I do believe this is going to be a really, really big podcast. So I want to shout out Jordan Powers. I believe in him so much. Um, other people I want to shout out. I want to shout out Knoxville, Knoxville Studios. Lots of good dudes there. They're going to do great things. I want to shout out OK Valley Entertainment. Those people are great people to me. I want to shout out Kelowna. I want to shout out Cadillac Kings. I want to shout out DTG, Low Windex, Sideneck, the whole crew. These guys took me on a trip recently. Uh, we met and everything Tyler just kind of matched. Tyler was out there also. Yeah, Tyler Durden. Love that fucking Love that dude. guy. No, no, no. Him and I vibe like, <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't believe. And so I got to shout those guys out because they're, they're just special people. And I was, I'm happy that I could, knowing I'm one of those people, I was happy I could just like be around these kind of people too. Like it was to the point where I was falling asleep and Dill's fucking with me, like touching my <laughs> nose and shit. And it's like, you don't do that unless you're close nah, to somebody. 100%. But we just got that close that quick. So shout out to them because they are actually really cool dudes, but they're very hard to get to know because they're just closed off, which I respect. That's their choice. Love them to death. Um, who else can I shout out here? Uh, shout out to Dilly Bat Productions. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Hate you, but love your work. <laughs> Fuck you, guy. Um, and that's all I have to shout out. Shout out to my city, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I love you guys so much. Uh, I think we have a lot of room to grow. There's a bit of a dark cloud over us that I really do believe we need to uh, get rid of to be able to um, communicate better and be better to each other. But we're not horrible, but we could be better. There's just some things that's been on my mind that I'm not going to talk about that Saskatoon can be really dark in some places, but there's a lot of greatness. So I'm shouting out Saskatoon because there is a lot of greatness to Saskatoon too. So let's be positive. So that's all I got to say for shout outs. Hells yeah, man. Um, I want to ask you one last question before we get out of here because you're, right. you're a man of many talents and um, you're clearly very, very passionate about both music and video. Do you have one that you think you pour your soul out into more yeah. than the other? Yeah. I got to be honest with you. 
love photography, love video, love audio engineering. I will drop all of it in the fucking flick of a dime <laughs> to perform live every fucking day. Yeah. I want to, my goal, tell me right now, my goal, I just, I want, I, I need to put more work into it, but I believe I was supposed to be a performer. I believe I was supposed to be worldwide like this. I, just, I believe it. I'm not the best, but neither are any of the people that are entertainers. I'm just, I feel like I could be the best at my thing, being an entertainer. Those guys out there were lyrically way I think you crushed it on the houseboat, bro. No, I thank you so much. So crazy how it went from the first show is just like, uh, whatever, to the second show. As soon as I knew what yeah. to do, I knew what to do. And as soon as I get that vibe, I know how to take control. I could, I could you know what pumped me up is how pumped up you were. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but bef- before we go off topic, <laughs> I want to perform around the world and I want to be sitting in a room. One of my goals is to be sitting in a room with Post Malone, having a Bud Light, and I yeah. want to have a chat with this motherfucker. And it's going to happen, even though I'm 30. It's going to happen. I believe that with hey all man, my heart. 30 is the new 20, man. Either I'm going to be 20. shooting video for these motherfuckers or I'm going to be making songs with them. I don't care, Facts. but I have, I'm have i sharp in every area. So let's get it. So Hell that's yeah, that's bro. what I believe. That's, and that's, that's what I got to say. That, was that boat show your first show back since the pandemic? Yeah, or? the last show I did, I opened up for... Uh, uh, I can't remember who it was, but I performed at uh, Coors Event Center in Saskatoon December 12th. Um, fuck, who was it? it was, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Hill, Top Hill... Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Some, oh man, I'm gonna sound like an idiot to anyone who knows this band. Um, um, something Hill. Um, fuck, I can't remember. Who Not it is. Cypress Hill. Not no. Cypress Hills. Uh, but anyways, they were really good. So I opened up for them, and the crowd wasn't that big. And the show I did before was my album party. Oh, wild! You know, and we sold out this whole fucking bar. Now this bar is like the place where gangsters go. Regular people go, sh- the, sh- the foreign shorties go. It's kind of like where everybody goes. <laughs> and we, everyone knew, like, we perform, pr- promoted it for a month. Everybody knew that this was my party. It paid, like, cost, like, 15 bucks to get in. We made a decent amount of money that night. The bar made money. The company made money. And that place was packed, and all I did was just one performance that night. And I was the only person that's ever performed rap at this one club. They Wild. Just because I knew the owner. And I had done some stuff for him as a favor, and he had done some stuff for me, so we had a good building relationship. And uh, he liked my music. He believed in me, so he was like, if you want to do this, let's do it. And I sold, uh, we sold that bitch out. It was crazy. It was actually wild in there. And the thing is, is people were chilling out, but uh, that was my second last show. And I'll never forget it. It's like, there's actually a video online. It's got like 120 views, but it's very cool. Wild shit, dude. Yeah. Well, uh, Dilly Batman, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show, bro. Jordan Powers, my guy. Dude, you, uh, you're a bright light in this world, man. So you, are you, You got man. a lot of cool fucking positive energy about you. Your music's tight. So please go down to uh, check out Dilly Bat online. Uh, shout out your Instagram. Shout out www.dillybat.com. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we no, both don't have websites. <laughs> I grabbed the mic. www. <laughs> okay, uh, Dilly Bat, Instagram, DG Spitzfire on Twitter. I don't really use Twitter that much, uh, but whatever. Uh, Facebook Dilly Bat, um, Snapchat DG Spitzfire. Add me on there, but don't be a fucking weirdo. Um, <laughs> what else? Like, I don't know what else to shout out. Yeah. Hold on. <sighs> well, you're gonna be a Kelowna resident soon, man. So these people are gonna be seeing you around town. It's I'm, crazy. I'm calling it. I'm calling it's crazy. it. Crazy. I do. I do belong in Kelowna. I love Kelowna with all my fucking heart. And then right after I'm done this, I'm gonna go down to the beach and go for a swim. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, bro. All right, man. Let's go, yo. Thanks, my man. Thank you so much for having me, man. Mad love. Mad respect. Hey, likewise, bro. Such a good dude you are, man. I can't wait for this podcast to blow up. This guy deserves it. So make sure you guys show him some love. Subscribe. 
and actually drop a comment. Yes. All of that makes a difference. This guy works really hard. I work really hard. And me working as hard as I do recognizes that. So show this guy some love because this guy's a legend. <laughs> as Matt Bird would say, legend. As Sean Sway would say, legend. My boys, legend right here. Let's go, bro. Yo, thank Let's you for go. having me on, man, dude. Of course. <laughs> I keep that shit hypnotic and I'm who on my product. I like the world wide best.